0: You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with J and (laughs) J. Hello, everyone. Welcome. We're laughing already. You know it's going to be a good podcast when we start off laughing. Hey, laughter doeth good. Like what?
1: A medicine. Like medicine, and that's going to go.
0: Go right along with what we're talking about. We're not going to talk about medicine per se.
1: <laughs> our fa- top five meds to take. No,
0: no, we're we're talking about natural medicine. We're talking about our health, health. journeys and yeah. what it means to be healthy.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, we did a a episode a few months back called "Oh My Omicron." Um, and we really, I think, the main reason behind that one was to to not make decisions based out of fear. Yeah, What what was that one about? I would say
0: get out ahead with your faith, too, as well. And don't make decisions out of fear. Don't make decisions out of mass's opinion or what people around you are doing. Don't wear a mask because tons of people around you are wearing a mask. And don't not wear a mask because tons of people around you aren't wearing a mask. Follow God. Hear God's heart for you.
1: That's what it was about. Thank you. Um, This one is going to be more just about the importance of being healthy, maintaining your health, placing a value on it. So we wanted to talk about some interesting things that we've experienced, put into practice in our own lives, our health and fitness journey. Uh, John's been on a weight loss journey recently. I've actually been on a weight gain journey, but it's been you a good one. get both perspectives, folks. <laughs> and we just thought this would be a great, you know... I'm not going to call it a filler podcast because usually when you're watching a show and there's a filler episode, it's just there to buy up time and there's not much value added to it. This is especially true if you're a fan of watching anime, which probably most people listening to this podcast do not watch anime, but I used to in high school and there was always filler episodes and we would call those milk toast. No, but
0: one of our listeners, Joe D'Elia, his girlfriend professionally draws anime. That's amazing. She flies around the country and sells, <laughs> sells her animazing art. <laughs> and I don't think she's the listener, but Joe, when you listen to this, shout out to you and Carrie. all right?
1: Yeah, so we're going to go through some things. Maybe this is stuff you already know. Maybe there's some stuff that you're going to learn today and practical tools, tips of the trade, things that we've found useful in our own fitness and health journey. And I want to say this, that there's a few things that you really need prior to prioritize in life. I say probably, well, I can't, I'm not going to say the top two. I don't want this to be an objective thing uh, uh, or an absolute, but I think two of the most important things. Subjectively, yeah, the two things. <laughs> that you need to invest in is your spiritual health and your physical health. Um, and I heard stories of Brother Hagen when he was on his deathbed and they asked him if he had any regrets. Brother Hagen, the the author of the modern day faith movement Faith general. Faith general. He said this, that one of his main regrets was that he didn't take better care of his physical body. Because if your physical body is not up to tune, you know, if it's not banging on all cylinders, you cannot advance the kingdom of God as effectively as you would if you were healthy.
0: It literally can limit your influence by limiting your life.
1: Yeah. I mean, he
0: died at like, what, 83? Yeah. Yeah could have lived longer. He could have lived longer. I would have enjoyed hearing some teaching. I think that
1: teaching the average from... <laughs> lifespan of a male, though, is like in its late 70s. I think I heard that, Um, which is kind of crazy. There's
0: some there's some strong faith people yeah. out there that are believing for 120, 120
1: years. So we're here to help reverse that trend. People are going to be living longer.
0: You know, and I it's interesting that you brought up Brother Hagen because I thought of him as well because people might go, this is starting to sound like it's not going to be that spiritual of a podcast. But hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. God always takes the supernatural and mixes it with your natural response, because that's where obedience comes in. Absolutely. uh, Can I get some agreement on that?
1: Absolutely. I'm agreeing. (laughs) We're going to have some spiritual principles in this podcast for sure, but this is going to be a lot of natural things. I'm going to bring up maybe a little bit of data or data if you're from up north (laughs) and uh, we'll see where it goes. Right. But I was thinking of him when he was dealing with
0: some stomach issues, he was praying to relieve the stomach issues, but God led him to just stop eating bologna. Yeah, So we're going to be more on the baloney side of this podcast, (laughs) and I'm not saying it's not baloney, but in accordance to that testimony, it's going to be the natural things that we participate with God's leading in that help us live physically healthy lives that match our hopefully spiritually healthy lives. And
1: baloney is highly processed. So our thoughts are fairly processed before we give them to you. (laughs) But (laughs) baloney, do not Remember a
0: lot of podcasts ago when I say the pup is the point and sometimes the leash goes a long ways. (laughs) Remember, we always bring it back in or reel it back in. But sometimes the pup wanders. Yeah. But let's wander into this podcast.
1: Let's let's wander in. But I kind of wanted to come up with the name and I think I'm just going to call it Fit Fab Fun. Because that just makes me laugh.
0: That sounds fit-fab. That's and actually
1: fit. a company that is like a box subscription. So uh, um, it's not, hopefully, it probably is copyrighted. <laughs> I can't probably say that. <laughs> Fit-fab-fun. What? Fit-fab-fun. And
0: maybe for us, we can call it fit p- <laughs> no, Fit No, fit-fab-funny. Because we're hilarious. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. I'll start off. Can I start off talking about- <laughs>
1: So funny you made me cough on the health podcast. All
0: right. Let's, can I start off with yes. kind of my health journey and maybe you can jump in with some points here.
1: Yeah. But Still.
0: let's jump back to last year, <laughs> maybe the end of 2020. And I was at the heaviest I ever had been in my life. I'm five nine and I was at 183, which for me was heavier than I've ever been.
1: Yeah. On your body mass index, you would be overweight.
0: I would be overweight. Definitely. Yeah. I was BMI. I was, uh, I was like 30 BMI. I think I was closer to 28. You know, you're up near Anything
1: over 25 for your age, weight, and height is is not obese, but overweight.
0: Overweight. Yeah, there's a difference between overweight and obese. Now, in America, 70% of the population is at least overweight.
1: Yeah. Let me say this real quick, though. He's not a fan of the BMI. I'm not a fan of the BMI. BMI stands for body mass index. It's a calculation that... Doctors have put together to kind of give you a relative safe, healthy weight, but they don't really factor in your lifestyle and the amount of muscle that you have. So you could weigh 180 pounds of solid muscle and they would say, this is unhealthy. You need to to lower your BMI. So really a good rule of thumb is take your height in inches and then divide it by two or divide it in half (laughs) (laughs) and your... (laughs) <laughs> your stomach measurement should be under that.
0: Okay, yeah. I was going to say your waist circumference is a more, it's more it's very indicator of your right. actual health.
1: Yes. Go ahead. You're so the heaviest was, you've ever been.
0: I was not 183 pure muscle. Uh, I didn't look super crazy with my clothes on, but I knew what I looked like with my clothes <laughs> off, and it wasn't very good. Hopefully, that's not too real for this podcast, but I just wasn't happy, and I was like, I've been saying for a while, I want to lose some weight. I've never really been really lean. And I wanted to lose some weight. And I was, actually, this is how it started. I, and you don't know this. I was scrolling through Instagram, something that's not very good for your health journey. <laughs> <laughs> but I ran into, I don't, am not even sure of his name. Is it Tanner Gungrich or Gingrich? Tanner Gregrich. Gregrich. So yeah. it's the
1: Dean of Rhema, his son.
0: Yes. And he's way into health. He has he's, his own gym. He's, he's very healthy. And he just posted something about, you can't lose weight unless you, uh, Put in less calories than you actually burn. It's impossible. It doesn't matter how healthy you're eating. You have to burn more calories than you're eating. And something just clicked in me. Like, I've never tracked my calories. So what I'm going to say, if you want to lose weight, you got to start tracking your calories. Because you have not done a good job in your life at estimating and measuring Mm -hmm. how many calories you need to eat because you've reached a point where you're overweight. I was in that spot.
1: So that's called your TDEE, total daily energy expenditure. If you don't know what that is, you can figure it out with calculators online, but it's it it you put in like, you know, how active you are, if you're sedentary or not, how many days a week you exercise, and then it gives you a rough estimate and says this is the amount of calories that you burn every single day. So then what you have to do is track your calories and eat less than that TDEE.
0: Yeah, and it's a whole lot easier to eat less than it is to burn more calories by far. And you might go, wow, that sounds like a whole lot to track. I found an app that really helped me. My fitness app is really awesome because literally you can scan almost every barcode, plug anything in, and it'll tell you how many calories are in it. It'll tell you how many you should eat in a day. And then you can take pictures of yourself. It'll remind you to check in. I started doing that and I started seeing results. But there is a faith aspect to this. And I'm just going to tell you, uh, There's a thing called the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is when you know something's lining up with the word of God, you can stand on the word of God because you know it's his will and you don't really have to ask for it. You just distribute it to whatever scenario you need in your life. So for me, I found a spot to pray the prayer of faith with my health journey. And what that was, was I have made Jesus the Lord of my life. He's in charge of my life. But I realized in actuality, food was dictating a lot of the decisions I was making in my life and I was not able to say no to food, which means to some degree, I was allowing mm. food to be master of oh. my life. Oh, so I just decided I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over this and start declaring some things. And I started to declare on the daily basis, Jesus is my fat master. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus is my fat master.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Jesus is not my fat master. <laughs> Jesus is my master. Food is not. Amen. And I would say that over and over again as the spirit really led me to, and I would notice I would start to reign over those cravings that I would have and those food desires. So I don't know if you want to jump in with anything here. I'm going to give you an honorary doctorate for (laughs) your uh, really scientific input
1: that you've given so far. I like to research things. Um, I'll just go back to the TDEE. So, um... Whether you're gaining muscle or trying to lose weight, the important number to really think about is 500. And 500 being 500 calories less or more than your TDEE to see results. If you're like, if you're coming in at like 10 under, you're really not going to see much results. So, a standard rule of thumb here is to, if you're going to lose weight, eat at least 500 calories less than what you burn. And so, one of the problems with modern day weight loss and these diets is they've made it really, really complex, eat this and not that and do this. And they got you tracking all types of things when really, when it could just like what John said and what uh, Tanner Gregorich said, uh, it's really comes down to calories in versus calories out. It's that simple. And there was actually a scientist, um, I can't remember what university he was a part of, but he went on a 30 day weight loss journey eating nothing but Oreos and he lost 20 pounds. And people are like, how did he do that? Well, he ate less calories than he burned and he was able to lose weight. Which really comes down to what kind of foods
0: are going to be satiating at a lower calorie right. index. Yes. So I've you can go on YouTube and watch these videos where people compare like a whole bowl of broccoli compared to Oreos. And there's like literally a massive bowl of broccoli compared to what could be five Oreos. So you can yeah. eat five Oreos and it can be like, wow. Well, if you have the willpower to only eat five Oreos, then you can lose weight, but it's not gonna be healthy for you. right? And it's a lot harder to eat just five Oreos. So this is what I worked on. Single ingredient meals and yeah. single ingredient foods helped me a whole lot. Because if you're gonna go make a pot pie, well, <laughs> you're gonna put oil in there, you're gonna put flour in there, you're gonna yeah. put cream in there. But if you go home and you grill a chicken breast, and you steam broccoli, the more you can limit the ingredients that go in, it helps it be a less calorie-rich food. And so
1: there is a plus side, like I I was just kind of knocking these diets, but the food choices that you, you know, The choices that you're making, like you said, satiating versus not, it actually will help you make a difference. But just because you eat broccoli instead of something else, well, if you eat too much of that broccoli, you're still not gonna lose weight. So it still comes down to calories in versus calories out. But I like what you're talking about. Single ingredient foods are just very minimum. And so there's a there's another good standard practice. I don't know if you know this, but all of the really heavily processed foods in a grocery store are always gonna be in the middle. Yes. At the grocery store. So I keep I keep saying rule of thumb, which that quote's actually not a good That's quote. That's
0: bad. It's about beating wives.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: We're not for that.
1: Now people need to know what it is.
0: Yeah. There used to be, you can correct me, honorary doctorate, Jonathan Rossler, <laughs> that you could beat your wife as long as the stick that you used was less than the width of your thumb. And that was the rule of thumb. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I've heard the same thing. So maybe I'm going to use a different thing. Um, A good practice for when you go go into the grocery store is to shop the outside walls. All of the most healthy, nutritious foods, the ones with the least ingredients, the least processed foods are going to be on the outer walls. Go to any grocery store and you'll find this to be true. Okay. All the processed junk is in the middle. And I think they do that on purpose. You walk right in. And it's just like, it's there. And then I do this at Costco, even though Costco is kind of what's in the middle is clothes. close. <laughs> but I like to go through every single aisle at Costco. And so that happens a lot of the grocery store with people. They go through the middle aisles. Ooh, there's Oreos. They go down to the next aisle. There's the chips, the next aisle. Yeah. So anyways, a good practice is to shop the outer rims of the grocery store. Um, but uh, as far as uh, we'll, we'll talk about weight loss just a little bit too, Um So weight loss, there's three different energy sources for your body, and those are what we call macronutrients. And those are really the nutrients that you need to be most concerned with when it comes towards losing weight. So the three macronutrients are carbohydrates, fat, and protein. So the reason why some foods are more satiating than others is, I mean, I don't have the data right in front of me, but I believe that every gram of carbohydrates is like nine calories And protein is more like four. I could be wrong, but that's why you feel more full on really carb-dense foods. Um, So, and then these foods get broken down into their most simple forms. So, carbohydrates get broken down into sugars. Proteins get broken down into amino acids and fats into fatty acids or um, what's it called? What's the name for fatty acids? Glycerol, right? (laughs) Don't Anyways. ask
0: those questions on me, bro. I'm sorry, not the honorary sorry, doctorate.
1: Sorry. I'm not, I don't have an honorary <laughs> doctorate. So they supply 90% of the dry weight of the diet and 100% of its energy. So whenever you're doing something strenuous, your body is going to pull on an energy source or a fuel source. So there's different fuel sources and they all they all have their purpose. So the fuel that gets absorbed and used for energy the fastest is carbohydrates, The slowest burning fuel source is fats. So if you're wondering why you can't lose weight and you're doing a bunch of running, this is why. So when you're doing something highly strenuous and when your heart rate is elevated, can't remember the exact number, but when you're running, what? Your heart rate's like what? Yeah, let's say 120 plus. Okay, yeah. 120 plus high strenuous activity your body needs to use the fastest absorbing So are going
0: to start using the carbohydrates yeah, and the
1: most efficient form of fuel which would be carbohydrates. So when you're running you're not burning fat you're burning carbs. Mm. That's why going on like a steady like power walk is better for losing weight because it's low strenuous activity so your body's going to use a cheaper fuel. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Slower burning fuel. So keeping your heart rate at a certain Number.
0: Don't letting, not letting your heart rate get too high.
1: Yeah. Don't let it get too high when it comes to burning fat. Right. You're still going to burn calories. Like you, you can lose weight by running. There's a lot of people who've done it. Yes. But the most efficient way to burn fat is not running.
0: And let me just give a little bit of story-like yeah. evidence from my life. I started off, I thought, what feels like I'm getting a great workout? Well, putting a treadmill on 6% incline, running at 8 miles an hour for like 10 minutes... Man, I'm sucking air. I'm sweating all over the place. I'm going to start every workout with doing that, and then I'm going to go lift weights. <laughs> but what I realized was, even though it felt like I was getting an amazing workout, I was sweating. I was breathing hard. It might have been good for my heart, but as far as looking toned and losing fat, I, was, I would go and lift. I wouldn't be able to lift as much. Right. So my muscle mass was decreasing. And I felt like I was getting a good workout, but I realized if I was going to felt like I had to do both on the same day, do it after I lifted the weights yeah. or do it on a different day. So I started actually realizing, cause I work still work maintenance at new Christian church. I do a lot of walking. So that would be somewhat of that low intensity yeah. cardio throughout the day. And then I would lift later on, but I wouldn't do any more cardio and I would lift because when you start to calorie restrict, take in Mm -hmm. less calories than you actually burn, you get tired. And the last thing you want to do is go push weight around. It's hard. But if you don't push weight around, you might actually just burn muscle instead of fat and you're going to look flabby and skinny fat more than anything. So you're not probably going to gain a whole lot of muscle, but you might be able to keep the muscle that you have if you lift weights and you burn more that way. So I agree. Walk instead of run if you want to get to a really... And there's, and there's fat.
1: studies that show that um, weightlifting is just as effective e- or if not even more effective for, for weight loss than just cardio alone. And one of those reasons is that when you're lifting weight in your, what's called muscle hypertrophy, you're actually damaging the muscle. And your body uh, is repairing that muscle throughout the week, which re- requires energy. So you your body's constantly working. And whenever your body's in motion, whether internally or externally um you're you're in a a weight losing zone. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but you can also gain weight cuz muscle weighs more than fat. That's true. But uh, and muscle in and of itself is kind of a fat burning machine. Um the more muscle you have uh the more uh you're there's a lot of things your blood sugar levels actually go down. Uh the more muscle that you have your um LDL so that's the bad form of uh Um, cholesterol. So that's low density cholesterol versus high density cholesterol. LDL is the one you don't want more muscle mass. They've done studies. People with more muscle mass have actually lower LDL and they have lower blood sugar levels because it actually increases insulin resistance. I don't have a paper in front of me. Don't quote me on that.
0: Um, I can neither confirm nor deny the, I want to talk just a
1: little bit about the benefits of weight training. Um, cause I've already gone into it. He's passionate about it. Yes, and then I'll talk about my weight gain journey. It's a good weight gain journey. So, weight training, it helps improve your posture, it helps your endurance, it builds strength, it reduces your chance of injuries. And so my wife is as a, as a testament to this. She tore all of her uh ligaments in her shoulder. And when she was playing volleyball. Shout out to my wife real quick. I'm just going to prop her up. She made team USA and team Canada in junior volleyballs. A full ride scholarship. She was going to travel the world and play volleyball tore her shoulder. And then God spoke to her about going to Rhema. So she went to Rhema instead and she believed God. And she actually started getting really into CrossFit, but she built up all the muscles around that injury and now she can play volleyball. It hasn't affected her. And even in my own life, uh, I used to have bad knees. It was called jumper's knee or good slaughters. That's the uh, technical term for it. It kind of sounds like a German town. Uh, But it's like, it was affecting me in high school. It was hard. It was hard to walk and stuff like that. And it wasn't until I started doing heavy leg training that those problems in my knees significantly decreased. So they decrease your chance of injuries. They improve. Heart health. So, multiple studies have shown that regular strength training exercise decreases blood pressure and, and it lowers your total LDL. I just said that. It improves blood circulation by strengthening the heart and blood vessels. Um, it also reduces blood sugar levels by removing glucose from the blood and sending it to the muscle cells. As a result, greater muscle mass can improve blood sugar management. So this was cool, there was a study that they did. Um they followed 35,000, almost 36,000 women on average for 10 years. It showed that these during these 10 years, 30% reduced risk of developing type 2 diabetes among those who engaged in strength training versus those who didn't. Wow, that's pretty cool, huh? It promotes mobility and flexibility. Um Deep squats. Those. Are, that's one for me. As as I got better at deep squats, now I can like sit down in that position without tons of pain. I can sit crisscross applesauce a little bit better now. <laughs> uh, and it, you you know all about that. Yeah, man. Johnny has a great mobility, great flexibility. Thank and you, you were a goalie. You had. I was. You yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's
0: it's almost moving towards pain builds your resistance to that pain in the long run. Yeah, which seems counterproductive, but Life isn't about moving away from pain. I mean, that's even what Daniel Kale yeah. said in the podcast that we had last time about so often with parents, when they're <laughs> kids, they try to move away and try to keep their kids from right. that, but it ends up hurting them in the long run. And when we stay away from resistance and strength training, it's going to hurt us in the long run. Yeah. So you can either hurt now under the iron. <laughs> no pain, no gain. Or hurt later. <laughs> hurt under choice. the iron.
1: The iron is your best friend. The iron's never going to lie to you.
0: I didn't have any scientific information, but I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> oh,
1: no, I like that. Um, so yeah, promosis, promosis, promosis. <laughs>
0: That's not good, but promoting.
1: <laughs> Promotes mobility and flexibility. And there's been studies, you know, about this too. You could probably speak to this better than I do. A- better than I can. Active stretching versus static stretching. Yeah. Talk about that for a second.
0: Uh, again, I don't know exactly why, but it's interesting to do a static stretch, like sitting down Mm -hmm. Reaching for your toes is great post-workout, yeah. but to actively do a movement instead of statically sitting in a position or staying in one position reaching for something, that static can actually hurt you more than it can help you prior to lifting. Or to doing any form of exercise.
1: Right. And it's more this, of is, cool this is more of a recent study because I remember in high school, we did a ton of static stretching before like baseball and stuff like Not that. Not good. So yeah. So when you're warming up for something, active stretching would be like if you're going to be doing deadlifts or something, actively doing like like 20 reps of going to touch your toes instead of holding it for 30 seconds. So then the static stretching would be afterwards. Yes. And that's been proven through a lot of studies actually, to be very, very beneficial. So static stretching after lifting, Very active good. stretching before lifting. So those are a lot of reasons why weight training is just good for the body. And I know I kind of talked down cardio earlier. Cardio is actually very, very good. It's very good for your heart health as well. You should engage in cardio. And I'll tell you this. I think some of the best cardio that you can engage in is low impact, but still high intensity, which is why I'm a huge advocate for swimming in the pool. And so was his my blood. dad. His
0: dad was a swimmer yeah. too.
1: So I know the verdict is still out on like running, but I just think that maybe someone who's ran their whole life is probably going to have more joint problems than someone who swam. Maybe I can hear that
0: and not fight back.
1: Thanks. So my dad always said this, you think you're in shape until you go swim a few laps in the pool. And he's absolutely right. That is such high intensity, but such low impact. I can't think of a better... Cardio exercise. If you have access to a pool or the river when it's not like right now, (laughs) we're during runoff. (laughs) Um, Him and
0: I used to try to swim across the Colorado River.
1: We did. So uh, let me talk about my journey real quick. So I actually went on a really short weight loss journey because in 2019, I broke my foot, sat around, did nothing, really embraced the dad bod and started getting a pooch. I don't have six pack abs. You guys... Me and John are not on the extreme side here of like extremely healthy fitness gurus. We're just taking charge of our life and wanting to make healthier choices. So I'm not a fitness guru. I don't have six pack abs, but I did have a dad bod beer belly, even though I'm not drinking any beer um, just for sake of the reference. And I was like, I need to do something about this. So with me, I'm kind of a maximizer. I'm an extremist. I have an addictive personality. So I go to an extreme. And that's a lot of the time, that's a lot of the reason why certain diets don't work, because we we go really extreme on the restrictions and it's not maintainable, sustainable.
0: The the best diet practice you can do is actually do a diet for two weeks on and then take yeah. a break from the diet and then do two yeah. weeks on. It's gonna take longer to get your results. But your body's going to build a metabolism yeah. that adapts more to what you're doing. Yeah. So that's interesting. Keep going.: Yeah,
1: so I was like, I need to lose this weight right now. So I went on a very extreme diet for one month, and I actually went on a carnivore diet and only ate meat, and uh, you could meet, you could eat meat, eggs, cheese, dairy. So anything that comes from, the, from an animal, I didn't eat I didn't do a ton of dairy. It was mainly just meat. Like almost for every single meal was like steak or burger something like that and then i got desiccated beef organs and i would eat those in pill form so and then i found out what my tdee was and i actually ate a thousand calories less than that and within a month i had lost 18 pounds so it was crazy that is crazy but i'll tell you this i had more energy than i think i've ever had i felt really good but I started getting disgusted at the meals and it was very hard. You can't, anything that's that extreme then you can't sustain, it's not worth it. So anyways, I went on a weight loss journey, but then October of last year, I was like, I need to take charge of my health once again. I want to get bigger. I want Can to get stronger. Can I say stronger. this before you get in? Yes. how you're
0: gaining weight? You may be wondering how much weight should I lose a week? A good way to look at it is 1% of your body weight right now. Yeah. So if I'm 150 pounds and I want to lose weight, that would be... 1.5 pounds a week. So if you're 190 pounds, you don't want to lose five pounds a week because that's that's gonna no. destabilize your metabolism. Yeah, Your body's gonna go, whoa, we're losing too much weight. We don't need to burn as much mm-hmm. calories. So then it's gonna chill out. It's gonna be harder for you to lose weight. So you yeah. only want to lose, if you're 190 pounds, 1.9 pounds a week. So Whew. I just thought that was valuable information. Doctorate. Honorary, you gotta say
1: honorary. <laughs> honorary doctorate, sorry. So then uh, I was just like, you know what? I don't feel good. I'm lethargic. I'm not strong anymore. Um, I just want to wanna get back in the gym. So I actually talked to Pastor Mark and said, hey, let's do this. I want to work, work out. And that's that's one mistake that a lot of people make is they work out by themselves. You can do it if you have that type of personality. I do not have that type of personality. It's great to have an accountability partner because, you know, when you're by yourself, you get to the eighth rep and you think "Eh, that's good enough. When you really could have maybe done more, If you have a lifting partner. They'll help you. They'll, they'll push you. So I said, let's get in the gym. We're going to do some strength training. I want to get stronger. I want to get bigger. He goes, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So I started this program with him. Um, And it was all focused, for me at least, around building muscle and gaining weight. So, I calculated my TDEE again and decided to eat 500 calories more than that. So, when you're building muscle, you have to be in some sort of a caloric surplus. So, losing weight is a caloric deficit. Gaining weight, especially muscle… You have to be in a caloric surplus, but you can't just eat whatever you want. So for me, what I did is I took my weight, which at the time was about 178. And I calculated that I was going to eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight. I think the actual number is 0.8, but I like to round up. So if you're going to, if you want to strength train, if you want to gain muscle in the gym, a great place to start really and maintain. It's actually kind of hard, but get one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So started getting 178 grams a day. Then we went on a heavy strength training program um, with main compound lifts. What I mean by compound lifts are exercises in the gym that activate and stimulate more than just one muscle group. So something like a deadlift, which is where you're pulling the weight off the floor, that is a compound movement because you're working your hamstrings, you're working your glutes, you're working your back, you're working your shoulders, you're working your biceps, you're working all of those all at the same time. So it's like more bang for your buck. And then the compound movements, at least in men, uh, this may not be great for women, but compound movements for men actually stimulate the most amount of testosterone in your body at that time. So your body will release testosterone, especially on something like heavy squats. Yeah,
0: I was going to say squats. It really releases a lot of testosterone. So we did...
1: uh, A high weight, low rep type of system. So, that's really good for strength training. Um, They've done a lot of studies about different rep ranges. So, when it comes to strength, the heavier the weight. So, 75% of your one rep max is really good. Doing that for about five to six reps. So, we would do heavy bench, shoulder press, uh, deadlifts, squats. And then we would do some supplemental stuff in between like, you know, curls and what you would call isolation exercises, so ones that only work one muscle group. And we started doing that. I started eating a lot. And then one thing that really helped me is a lot of times it's very hard for me to get the calories and the protein I need when I'm eating solid foods, so protein shakes became my friend. And I actually went to Costco. If you're a Costco member, go in the middle section. I know I told you stay away from the middle (laughs) section, but Costco's different. Um, and they have all the protein over there and they have what's called fair life nutrition. John Oof. knows all about this. So tasty. And they're pre-made protein drinks, but each one of them has 30 grams of protein. So I started drinking like four of those a day in between meals. That's um, a lot of protein. That folks. is a lot of protein. And here's another thing about protein. We're throwing a lot of information at it. you we got to wind it down here real quick, but, uh, realistically your body has a hard time processing anything more than 50 grams of protein in one sitting. So that's why I'm kind of opposed to like the one meal a day. People eat one meal, get all their calories, and it's like, yeah, and then it's like 200 grams of protein. Well, your body has a hard time processing all of that, and breaking out your meals throughout the day has two benefits. First, you're getting adequate protein absorption, and on a weight loss side of it, your body is your metabolism. You're constantly digesting food, which is upping your metabolism.
0: Yes, I would say with people who do one meal a day or intermittent fasting, it helps with losing weight. And I noticed this too, is just for the reason being is it's hard to eat your whole day's worth of calories in one meal. So the longer you go without eating food, the smaller of a window where you can fit all your calories in. And when you fit all those calories in, there's a chance it's not gonna be all the calories that you need. So the longer you can go without eating, (laughs) you're going to probably lose more weight I also there's been different views on this but your body doesn't really burn from fat if you eat uh, within a four hour window Mm. so you have to go over four hours to be in somewhat of a fasted state so if you're always snacking here and there again if your calories are low enough you'll be fine but you're not going to be in that fasted state
1: yeah I forgot to tell you that too I did intermittent fasting when I was doing carnivore diet which the easiest way to do that is have your fast go through the night yeah. because you have six to eight or even more it's like hours. like 8 p.m. to 1 p.m., yeah. right? So that's pretty simple. But anyways, um, so uh, Costco, Fair Life Nutrition, look those up. 30 grams of protein. Yeah. So you want your, your goal range per meal is 50 grams of protein. Anything more than that, a lot of it's getting wasted. Well, I'll say this. Your body can absorb more than 50 grams, but they've done studies that 50 grams, that's the amount of protein that's actually going to be absorbed and contributing to protein synthesis, which is what is repairing muscles. Protein has other uses as well. But when it comes to building muscle, 50 grams is pretty much the, the target, the sweet spot. So did that. Um, did heavy weight training and then I just started to try and eat healthier again. I wasn't like, John's really good at this. John will come with a bag of carrots and celery and he'll eat that. That's what I'm
0: saying. Hey, if you want to lose weight, I'm sorry. I'm jumping right back in with losing weight in the middle of his weight gain journey, but <laughs> uh, snacking will get you. And listen, you can have a whole bag of carrots, like the big bag. You can get the little small bag of baby carrots or the big bag of baby carrots. And it's like, The same amount of calories in a big bag of baby carrots is like having one cliff bar. So you can snack on carrots throughout the day, get a bunch of God's goodness in you, or you can have one (laughs) cliff bar. So I will So
1: I decided to just try and eat healthier. Do did I and do I still eat fast food? Yes. I do, but I try and limit it, so um, I know I'm drinking a Coke zero right now, but uh I tried to uh I started trying to drink about a gallon of water a day, very good for it's you it's very good for you, limiting sodas um and one thing that really helped me limit sodas was to get on the spindrift train, which is. Sparkling water with real fruit juice added. He may or may not be sponsored by Coke and And Spindrift. Spindrift. So it's about 15 calories, but that really is going to help you kick the soda habit because it almost tastes like soda, but it's way healthier, way less calories, and you're still getting an adequate amount of water basically through that. So I started drinking uh, soda water and started eating healthier and low... Uh, what we would call um, simple carbs versus complex carbs. So again, that's just processed food. Trying to stay away from the middle aisles. Uh, I still eat a lot of meat. Maybe rice. You eat rice? I would, yeah. So I eat a lot of chicken, rice, steak, broccoli, quinoa. Um, And then I like putting hot sauce on everything, which is good. Low calorie. Very low calorie and it helps boost your metabolism. Yep. Uh, So doing that kind of stuff, um, now, so that was October. Now it's May. I'm sitting at two o two as of this morning. One seventy nine. Uh, it's not all lean. I know there's some fat involved in that, but I'll probably go on a shred here pretty soon, um, and lose some of that body fat. But uh, yeah, man, uh, let's break all this down into maybe some really simple, easy steps for people because we just talked a lot about a lot of different things. Um, so first of all, let's talk about this. Whether your goal is to Gain weight or lose weight, whatever it is, have a clear goal. Which I didn't
0: say. My goal from 183 was to get to 150 yeah. by my birthday and to be in the leanest shape for my wedding.
1: And you were pretty lean for your wedding.
0: I was the leanest I ever been. And I'd never like had a six pack where anyone would say that, like, wow, he has a six pack. And people, by the time I was getting married, was like, he has a six pack. Yeah. And I was 150 by my birthday. So I met yeah. those goals.
1: Nice. So my goal was to get to 200 pounds. I didn't really have a date, but then I had some strength goals. And so what I wanted to do, I'm not there yet. I want to join the thousand pound club, Very which, So there's cool. probably a lot of people who are already in the thousand pound club, but that means that your, your primary compound lifts all add up to a thousand pounds
0: squat, bench press deadlift. and
1: deadlift. So some people can deadlift 800 pounds. So then it's like, oh, that's really easy to join the 1,000 pound club. But having all three of those exercises add up to be over a 1,000 pounds, that's one of my goals. Hopefully, by the end of Probably 2023. I don't think I can do that in a year, but that's one of my goals. So whatever your fitness journey is, have goals, write them down. And you can have an end goal, but you should have milestones that you can hit in between. Because one thing just about people and your mentality is that you'll get very discouraged when you're not constantly checking off or hitting milestones. So. Set your end goal, but then set reasonable, attainable goals that you can reach in certain timeframes and watch the endorphins be released when you're hitting those goals. Um, and then when it comes to health, uh, try and find whole foods with the least amount of ingredients. Shop the yeah. outer rim of the grocery store. And what else?
0: I think you touched on a lot of it. And drink you, water. Drink a lot of water.
1: Uh yeah.
0: For me, that was really it. Track your calories if you want to lose yeah. weight. Don't trust your gut. I know you're trying to follow the Holy Spirit, but when it comes to this, yeah. really just start tracking what you eat, single ingredient meals. Yeah. Just make chicken, just make rice,
1: just make yeah. I still put spices on my chicken though.
0: You can put spices. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, I'm going to put a butter sauce on top of my chicken <laughs> right. and then I'm going to put it over a pasta
1: yeah, and that's one of the that's one of the sneaky things too. Is a lot of people don't realize the sauces or the um, like the seed oils. Like olive oil is very very caloric. Like yeah, a lot of calories in olive oil. So you're cooking with the olive oil and this, and then like liquid calories, like a Starbucks frappuccino. Yeah, can be like 300 calories. So stay away from that kind of stuff as much as possible. I
0: think I think we've given them a lot of
1: yeah. How about this? Attach your faith to whatever you're doing. Yep. It's like what you referenced at the beginning. Pray over your goals. Pray over yourself. Pray for the motivation. You know, there, we talk about grace in life. There's a grace to overcome sin. There's grace for a lot of different things. There's absolutely grace for you to meet your fitness goals. I think God wants you to be healthy. Yeah. God wants you to be healthy so you can live long on the earth, so you can preach the gospel, so you can be an influence for as long as you can. You know, it's
0: interesting. In the King James version of Galatians 5, where it talks about the fruit of the spirit, self-control is called temperance. Mm. And if you look in just an English dictionary, what temperance means, it means self-control with food and drink. Wow. And how many Christians are not self-controlled with what they drink and what they eat? Right. And we separate our physical health so much from our spiritual health. But for me, just that statement when i would get in the gym or i'd want to just binge out on some food jesus is my master food is not amen and declaring that over me and realizing these roads are connected my physical health and my spiritual health and what's true in my spirit better by golly reach my physical body yeah and they weren't separate for me so hopefully they're not separate
1: for you awesome yeah and if all of that was just like really confusing and if you want more info, you can come talk to us in person.
0: Listen to it
1: in person. Hey, we, I would say listen to it on, listen, listen on to it half speed. Listen on. to it again is what I meant. <laughs> listen to it half speed. It'll be an hour long.
0: <laughs> Should we do wisdom of the day? Can yes. we gather a wisdom? Go ahead. What's your wisdom of the day? Ooh,
1: let me think about it. Um, okay. My wisdom of the day is to whatever whatever it's going to be that you're going to do, find something that is not going to restrict you and be so hard that you can't sustain it. Because you want to be able to sustain it as a lifestyle and not just a season. So it's like, ooh, I have a season. You know, I want that summer bod. And then you get it. And then in winter, you don't care again. And then you you fall out of it. You want to be able to maintain that lifestyle. So find something that you can actually sustain for the long haul. That's very good. Right. That's why I would say maybe not keto. (laughs) (laughs) That's hard for the long haul.
0: Uh, My one challenge for you who wants to lose weight is to download the MyFitness app and start tracking what your calories are for a week. And that's it. My journey you know. didn't change until I started yeah. tracking my calories. So, And that reminds me off. of
1: something that Pastor Mark said is you, can never, you can't manage what you can't measure. So if you have no idea the amount of calories that you're eating, you will never be able to manage them.
0: And it's true financially. Just look at Dave Ramsey. Yeah. He makes you get on a budget and then makes you get out cash mm-hmm. so you fill the money you're losing. Right. Fill the calories you're eating. Yeah. Start seeing. So that's And a lot of, of people day. don't
1: calculate that stuff even financially because there's a lot of guilt associated with the excess spending or the excess eating. And that's a strategy of the enemy. Don't let guilt get in the way. Track it and there might be a little bit of guilt initially but that's just part of it. Move towards like, the pain
0: of that instead yeah. of away from it, just like right. we do with weights.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't really want to check my bank account, dude. I know I spent a lot this week. and But you're only hurting yourself by not checking it. Yeah. So same with the calories. Check them, suck it up, and come up with a plan. We've talked way too long. Way too long. But I think it's important. And that was fun. That's one of the pa- subjects I'm passionate about. All right. Pray us out, brother. Yeah. Oh, before we pray, I found out who left the review in my name. Who was it? My mother. And she doesn't know how it happened and she can't change it and I can't delete it. So it's staying. So strange. <laughs> yeah. It was a lovely review. Thank you, Mother. It was. All right. Are you praying or am I praying? Is that what you just asked?
0: I designated you to be the prayer. Okay. If I'll you pray. want me to pray, I can't.
1: No, I can pray. Man, I'm sweating. It's hot up here. Whew. All right. Father God, we thank you uh for giving us health, giving us life here on this earth. And I pray, Father God, you. I know you want us to live long, healthy lives. That's part of the plan of redemption, that we would be healthy and whole, not just divine healing, but divine health, Father God. And we know that divine health has just as much to do with us as it has to do with you. So I pray, Father God, that as we've you know, talked today and people who've listened today, that they can gather resources in the natural and apply their faith supernaturally and come up with a plan to start their fitness journey, no matter where they're at, Father God. We speak against condemnation and shame and guilt. People start wherever. You know, I keep, I'm always reminded of the quote, the best time to plant a tree was 25 years ago. The second best time is right now. So I pray, Father God, that you give people the grace, the strength, the courage to start their fitness journey, no matter what age they are, no matter what weight they are, Father God, that they can find something and stick with it, apply their faith to it, and in turn, it will help them grow even spiritually in their relationship with you. We thank you for health. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. And I just want to say thank you for listening and thank you to New Creation Church because, hey, we go to church here. Uh, We get to do this on the clock. So I encourage you, if you're not connected to a church, get connected and welcome home to New Creation Church. You can check us out online. But if you're in the Roaring Fork or Colorado River Valley, come join us on Sunday. And hey, make sure to share this podcast if you're enjoying it. If you don't know how to do that, I'll show you how to do it. And again, we're still always Waiting to hear what you're thinking of this podcast with reviews and rates. Uh, And with that, we have some awesome stuff coming up. We have a special guest that uh, (laughs) is coming up soon that we've been trying to have for a while.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. And it's a mystery until that
0: So, hey, come and hear the mystery be unfolded. (laughs) Maybe next week on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with J and J. All
1: right.